Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of This Unbelievable Life. I have with me Va Kuhn, who is a nonprofit executive who works in homeless services. She is the executive director of the United Care Services, which, as you guys know, is very near and dear to my heart. Um, and it is a low barrier shelter in downtown Evansville. She holds a Master of Arts from the University of California, Berkeley in sociocultural anthropology. And she lives in Evansville with her husband, Doug Howie, and their fur kids. Va, take it away. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be on here with Nikki and to talk about United Caring Services. We are such an important organization for our community. I don't know if you guys drive around town, um, but just the visibility of unhoused individual, it, it's just it has increased dramatically in the past two or three years. You know, like if we're going to Walmart on Burkhart, there's some panhandler or there's some individuals underneath the Lloyd um, or some bypass. And so we're just noticing and that need and it is a growing social problem for our town. Um, there was a point in time count in January of 2023, so a year ago, and the number of individuals who are unhoused in Evansville is 525. You know, that, that doesn't sound like it's an insurmountable number, but for our town and the capacity to meet that need to be able to serve unhoused and sheltered individuals, that's a large number, and it's about 200 more than before COVID. So there's definitely wow. a spike. Okay. Yeah. So Nikki knows a lot about United Caring Services, UCS, as we'll, we'll start to call it, but we operate five core programs. So we, I'm going to start and just go through the list and tell you a little bit about each of them. Day Shelter is the one that Nikki has been really, really active in. It operates our soup kitchens. It's our community hub where anyone in the community who has a need can come in, get a warm meal, take a shower, do laundry, um, connect with other human and social service agencies and social workers to maybe get that um, birth certificate or driver's license, um, whatever need that there is. It's our community hub for people to connect and for resources, to for us to connect those who are in need to different resources in town. So um, could you remind me, Nikki, how many years have you been serving as a volunteer in our soup kitchen? It's incredible, actually. On, on and off for about 18 years. It's been since the kids were little. And like Mia was an infant. I've got pictures of her um, her as a baby and us, you know, taking her in there when we were in there. And then Cooper in his um, little car seat that we would take them in. So on and off since they were little. It's about 18 years. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So 18 years ago, you know, we didn't operate five programs. I no. bet we probably just operated a soup kitchen and maybe was starting the night shelter. Yep. So the organization has seen a lot of growth and change through the past two decades. Um, that's so incredible, Nikki, that you were there to witness it and to still be a part of that, that I'm so grateful. Thank you. Um, so that's our day shelter, but also we operate two separate night shelters, one at our main campus, which is for men only, it's a low barrier shelter and it's for adult unaccompanied men. So we have 50 beds for men on any given night. 
Um, and anyone can stay with us for up to 90 days. After 90 days, you know, during that 90 days, we, we have individuals work with our case manager so that they're working towards goals, towards self-sufficiency, towards stable housing, towards um, attaining that job. And if for some reason 90 days is not enough, we do extend that 90 day period from time to time. But if, if, you know, but if that's, if that's not in the works, um, then they do have to come out of the shelter system for a little while, and then they can restart their 90 days after a short pause. So the men's shelter holds 55 beds, but we also have a women's night shelter. So only open at night for both the men and the women's night shelter. And the women's night shelter operates, uh, has 26 beds um, for, for anyone who has need. And that's an, at, that's at Roof's house, which is just five minutes drive away from the main campus. It's on Walnut Street. And so anyone who stays with us, we ask that they um, complete a chore so that there's accountability and ownership and that they follow our rules. We have a compassionate model, which is low barrier, but we also wanna keep everybody safe. So that's, you know, that's three of our programs, three of five. And the fourth one is white flag, which we operate during inclement weather. When it gets cold under 32 degrees for an extended period of time, we'll convert that day shelter space, which is our soup kitchen, to add an additional 45 beds to accommodate anyone. And in that space, we'll host um, families, even children and women and men in the day shelter space within the white flag program. So that's our, that's our fourth program. And then the fifth program, we actually just opened in October of 2023, and we're so excited about it. It's called the Diversion Center. It's a stabilization unit. It's for individuals who are dealing with mental illness, who are who have co-occurring substance use disorder, um, and perhaps are homeless, can connect with different resources to help them move them away from that crisis in that moment. Um, so those are our core programs and on any given point and time, we can serve up to 200 individuals. Um, we are so blessed to have great community members who support our mission and who volunteer. So we have up to 500 volunteers a year. It's incredible. Um, <clears throat> the work that we do is so important and it really meets that need in our community that I was noting earlier in the conversation, which is that growing um, social issue of homelessness. We um, we know that homeless services in Evansville is known for doing a good job. So individuals from different parts of the region and different parts of the country will come. So um, to receive services, and you know that's a double-edged sword because we have the capacity that we have and we we have the heart to do the work that we do but um we also have a growing demand well i do have a few questions um yeah. and just kind of like thoughts on the matter so 
correct me if I'm wrong, do you guys still offer the program as well if somebody that's homeless comes out of the hospital that they can um, rest, a respite there? Is that still available? Because that was a newer program in the last few years that, that wasn't yeah. in the original years. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, yeah. So that's called medical respite. And I, I don't know the year that it started, but it is within the past five years. So we've actually just transitioned away from medical respite as a service in this January. So just a few weeks ago, just because we didn't really see the census that we needed to, to keep the program strong. Um, so what that was, was when someone who's unhoused has recently experienced um, a medical condition or had a medical procedure, then they can come to our shelter to recuperate and rest um, and just receive that safe, clean space to recover. But unfortunately, um, we're, we're not offering medical respite at this point in time. Interesting. Okay. Well, so then just kind of the other things. So I remember back years and years ago, I always, whenever I bring new people in, I always try to have them give the tour, but it's been like over yeah. a decade and a half since I've had the tour. Do you guys still collect clothes? What all do you guys collect and then oh. distribute to? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tell us. That's such a great question. Um, so we do, so we have um, clothes that we give when someone comes into the shelter and has need for, you know, socks or underwear or just a warm coat or gloves and hats. So, so we do have a clothing bank within our shelter and we're able to offer that. But in terms of immediate need and how someone who's listening can help with our mission, um, we have 200 individuals come through our shelters through the various programs, through the five programs at any point in time. Uh, sorry, we have 200 individuals utilize our services. So we're constantly in need of um, items that are not super glamorous, but so important, right? Toilet paper. We go through 20 rolls of toilet paper a day just because that's how many people we serve. Um, and napkins because we do three meal services, but then we also offer a snack. And if somebody wants seconds for lunch or dinner or breakfast, we offer that too. So napkins and plastic forks and spoons and plates. Um, we do have a current need, which is um, women's intimates. We've received a major donation, a large donation of um of underwear for women in our shelter, but maybe just um, undergarments in general, bras and such, that, that's a current need. And of course, with so many people passing through and the night shelters, we're always doing laundry. So laundry detergent is something that we have need of too. I, I know it's, it's not, they're not glamorous items. You know, we're not asking or I, I don't know what would be a glamorous item, but things like toilet paper are just so important and help us and help our guests. That's a word that we use um, for our clients to retain and have that sense of dignity. Well, and I, I love that you mentioned that because it's very much a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You guys are serving basic needs, roof yeah. over their head, food at a table, 
But these fundamental, a place to go to the bathroom, a place to shower, these are basic human needs and basic human rights that you guys are tending to and protecting and lovingly taking care of these people, whether they are well or in some cases, you know, if they have addiction problems, whatever the circumstances, you you don't judge. You let them in and you take care of these basic needs, which I think is fantastic. So with that said, this was a few years ago and I went to Nashville and I found it very interesting that they had a sign on the bathroom stall and it said something, it said, there was, I saw them there and I saw them on the businesses and it talked about, don't give money to panhandlers, donate to such and such charity because you don't know what they're going to do with that money, one. And two, the other scope of it is that dollar or two that you give to one individual could be stretched over five, 10, 15 people as you guys prepare the meals. So in terms of like stretching a dollar, you know, kind of weigh in on that. Why instead of giving to panhandlers, you know, on the streets, it might be a better decision to make a monetary or in-kind donation directly to the shelter. Yeah, absolutely. I know that it feels good to be able to hand someone that dollar bill or that $5 bill and, you know, to hear them say thank you and to feel that gratitude in that moment. But I think it's important to keep in mind that homelessness has co-occurring conditions. There's oftentimes mental health challenges, which even exacerbates to mental illness. There is substance use disorder. There is a lot of trauma that comes from different lived experiences. And then there's also maybe the individuals working through generational poverty. So we're not just, we're providing relief, you know, the roof and the warm bed and the showers, but we're creating and empowering our guests to be able to move away from homelessness. And that's the mission of our organization. And we do it as a team. We do it in concert with partner agencies like Aurora Evansville, um, Echo Housing, Echo Health, um, some of our partner agencies, Ozanam, which is a family shelter, House of Bread and Peace. So we're all working together. And these are the services that we provide, not just for that one individual in that moment, but to relieve our community of homelessness. So when in, when you, someone in the audience listening, is able to make that donation to an organization that speaks to your heart, you know, whether in check form or through PayPal on our website, that that goes towards our mission, right? Um, I. I can't speak for what somebody, what an unhoused or unsheltered person might do with the $5 bill that you hand them on the corner of Walmart and Burke, uh, on just on just in the parking lot of Walmart. But, you know, they're also grappling with a lot of trauma and conditions. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't know what that $5 is doing when you hand it um, to a panhandler, but when you hand that $5 to an agency, a nonprofit who has systems and processes and procedures and case managers and staff, an entire team in place 
to do the work that we're saying that we're doing, then you, you're contributing to impact in the homeless service sector. That's what you're doing. And it is, that's why it's such, it's a bigger impact is kind of the takeaway that I have from it. Okay. So last two questions. Um, First one is being what fundraisers do you guys do during the year? And then Mm -hmm. the last one is um, how do people who want to volunteer get involved? Yeah. So I'm going to just get this really close. This is our coldest night of the year walk. It's happening on February 24th. It's a Saturday. It starts at 4 p.m. And what it is, is a one mile or three mile walk along the Evansville Riverfront. And we want you to form teams. So you can be a team captain or you can sign up to be on somebody's team, but it's to raise awareness of homelessness. Walking is an important component. It's a critical component of the homeless experience. When you talk to anyone who's lived an unsheltered life, they'll tell you that they walk everywhere. So we are walking in the shoes. We are walking on a cold night to bring awareness of what homelessness means and how that is impacting our community and other members of our community, other community members. Um, So love, we would love for you to join coldest night of the year. You can come on to our social media page, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and, um, or go to cnoy.com forward slash Evansville and sign up or make a donation. So that's one of our biggest fundraisers. And it's a lot of fun, right? You're, you're, you're walking together, having this experience with other individuals who care. Yep. Um, and what's the other question, Nikki? How do, so, so how I sign up, I've got a monthly every third Saturday of the month and I, I volunteer and I have a team. If somebody is an individual or a group of friends or a workplace wants to help or cook or whatever, how do people volunteer? Yeah. Yes. So we need volunteers, um, whatever your skill sets. Um, one of the main tasks that we have volunteers work on is meal service, preparing the meal, serving the meals. Um, again, three meals a day, 365 days a year. So you can sign up by reaching out, um, calling our office or emailing volunteer at unitedcaringservices.org. Volunteer at unitedcaringservices.org to let us know that you're interested and you know if if it's a weekend or if it's a weeknight that works best for you and your group um we'd love to have you really perfect and like i said i do the the third saturday of the month we do a breakfast shift we generally have about 70 to 80 firsts and about 20 to 40 seconds. We usually, we do, what do we do? We do potato casserole and French toast. It always seems to be a big hit, but I've also awesome. brought friends in from work and we just did a one-off. So whether you want to commit to every month, you know, one one time a month, or if you just want to do it as a one-off, it is such a rewarding experience. And I really encourage anybody to at least try it once. So any, any last words, anything else you want to add? Um, just thank you so much for your support. We really can't do this without you. And thank you, Nikki, you know, for your long time support. 18 years is incredible 
just really blessed to, to be part of this community. Thank you. You're welcome. It is, it is my absolute favorite nonprofit in this area. And like I said, the longevity of, of being able to do this, it's one of my favorite things to do every month. And it is just such an invaluable service to our community. So Bob, thank you so much for being on this latest episode of this unbelievable life. And thank you all for listening.